Gold Stove Podcast. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday, NRD. Two a week season. Two a week season, and we are cruising NRD. Big day today for your boy. Coming off a, uh, a solid one goal, one assist performance last night in men's league, where uh, I unfortunately was not able to watch the return of Jack Eichel to Buffalo live. I have caught plenty of highlights. We will get to that. How are you doing, NRD? Doing well. Could be better. Losing some money. Speaking of Betor, B-E-T-T-O-R, could be doing wow. better. You like that one. Um, but we're hanging in there, right? Brett Merriman, big insider. Shouts to him. I believe on this very show last week, Joe Pavelski, or at least this week, actually, we're on two yeah, it was weeks. This, it was this Tuesday. Holy shit, yeah. silly me. We're on two weeks. Brett Merriman, Joe Pavelski back to the stars, and sure enough, it happens. So feeling a little bit better after seeing that. Listen, when you win the show, well, I was going to say, I was going to say, you're losing money on college basketball. You're getting out scooped today on our D. What's going on over it's there? It's a cold streak right now. Listen, we'll get this out of the way now, right? So then we're okay. hot for playoffs, which is our playoffs is next week and into Monday, the deadline. So. There you go. Uh, you want to get uh, you want to get hot with NRD bets? Yeah, let's go. Uh, Tuesday Tuesday is on fire. Let's lead off with this All because right, I'm struggling, me. so I need a good one in the tank. And I know okay. I don't. This is a hockey podcast, Cold Stove. If you haven't heard of it, it's a hockey podcast presented by Wash Media. So sure it's going to be a hockey bet here. Take the over in the Columbus game. Ooh, I believe they're playing Minnesota tonight. Okay, and parlay that with the over. In the Vancouver Washington game, wow, we are going uh, oh, NRD overs. NRD overs. Um, have you seen an over hit seven yet? No, I don't think I. I it's going to happen now. The next Florida Arizona game, like, like if they play, and, yeah, yeah, it's, that's like seven and a half. It might be eight. Haven't the Coyotes scored like the most goals in NHL history in the last four games or something ridiculous like I that? I think they have like they scored seventeen in two nights. Yeah, I think they have like twenty five in the month of March. March eleventh. <laughs> Coyotes are the best offense in hockey. They're coming back. Nick Schmaltz is apparently a Hart Trophy candidate at this point. Is that what they say uh, in the Austin suburbs for the Austin Coyotes? Seven points in one game. Came back with another four point performance in the next. I've always liked him. By the way, I I hope he succeeds. He's a good player. Because he is a great, he's a great player. Not only is he, he's a great player. Um, some housekeeping though, NRD, if you don't mind. Go for it. Uh, Washed Media, the company that presents this podcast, the company that I am currently employed by, uh, we're hiring NRD. We're trying to build a squad up. So if you are um, an aspiring digital media brand building superstar, I want to hear from you. So we have a couple internships open. Those will be preferential treatment towards locals um, because that's how it is with interns. I'm sorry. But we do have a full-time position open, content operations, a lot of different cool things there um, that we would like to have you uh, apply for. So jobs at washedmedia.com is the email. Go to washedmedia.com slash jobs to, to, uh, to see more of that. And um, we might have to get more people in NRD's rumor cave. I don't know. Just saying. It's an opportunity right? <laughs> it is. It always is. Journalists helping journalists, NRD. Let's dive into hockey, though. Like I mentioned before, off the top, the Buffalo Sabres beat the Vegas Golden Knights last night. Um, yeah, it's kind of a normal regular season game, right? Nothing nothing too special, just sort of a 3-1 victory. You know, it's nice. You're actually coming through on my earphones properly. Apparently, I haven't been able to hear you for seven years. Um, Buffalo fan, Brett mm. Merriman, so... I can hear you now. Uh, I can hear yes. you loud and clear. Yes. 
It's a big win. I think the most important storyline of the night is Craig Anderson getting career number 300, sixth goalie. Congratulations, Sixth goaltender from the uh, United States of America to do that, to reach that achievement. So big shouts to him. Can I say something, NRD? Go, I'm, I know it's coming, so go for it. I, I think I'm going to... I think I'm going the opposite of what you think. If you booed Jack Eichel last night, you're a fucking loser. Jack Eichel put his ass on the line for the city, for the kids in the hospitals in the city of Buffalo, for the people of Buffalo. He, the problem was not Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel did not have a coke problem. Jack Eichel was not in rehab. Jack Eichel was hurt, and they couldn't put a team around him that benefited him properly. Then, when he got really hurt, he wanted to have a surgery that the team wouldn't let him. If you booed Jack Eichel last night, you are wrong. He did sign a seven-year contract and then tried to bowl the year after that. No, he signed a, He signed an eight-year contract and and was frustrated. I, I get it. I totally get it. They, won, they did win 10 games, and then Grinelli fucking sunk the ship. But I don't blame Jack Eichel for doing what he did. It's not Buffalo's fault. I get the personal like Buffalo people are prideful. Western New York is a prideful, Very. prideful place. I hail from yeah. there. I know. The slight that they have is that they think Jack Eichel's like, fuck Buffalo. I hate Buffalo. I just don't think that's the case. I think I like I love Buffalo. I love Rochester. It's not about the city. It's about the team and the and the ownership that was involved in the decision making. With Jack and with the three GMs he had, the four coaches he had. And, uh, you know, he was weirdly like a huge fan of uh, Ralph Kruger because Ralph Kruger was was a huge fan of Jack's. But like you can't healthy scratch Jeff Skinner for three games and think you know what you're doing. I I, like I I get the pride. I get the you didn't want to be here, so we don't want you to be here. I get that. But I think you are misguided in the reason that you got to that conclusion if you're a Sabres fan. I don't disagree with you. I think it would have been a great moment for Jack Eichel to take the ice for warm-ups. The mm-hmm. boos start to rain down from the crowd. But when the camera pans to wide, you see that everybody's actually standing up in their seats, turned around, facing the owner's press box, and booing yes. that way. Because exactly. there's a reason why. And I agree to your point, right? I'm trying to play devil's advocate, right? Good cop, bad cop. But at the same time, I agree with what you're saying. The reason why Jack Eichel was not in blue and gold last night and he was in white, black, and gold instead was because of the fallacy and the failures of the ownership in Buffalo and the GM and the coach that they had around him for years, not blaming Donnie Meatballs, but, you know, Kruger was a very failed experiment. And they failed. And so was Housley. And Housley was failed too. And they they ran him out of town. And I agree with you. He didn't have a coke problem. Was he, you know, rainbows and sunshine walking into the building every day? No, I doubt he was. So you want to say he was kind of, he had a dicky personality? I would too if the team that I've been playing on for the past couple of years has sucked. And I'm not trying to go after Buffalo. And like you said, they're very prideful people. You know it more than anybody. So they're going to come after me now for, you know, attacking the Sabres organization. But deserves to be attacked. This is nothing against the fans. I, I love the booing. It brings like a little bit more of a rivalry to a, yeah, oh, no, not going forward, right, now it's, now now it's fun. Yeah. Place between the Sabres and the Golden Knights. They'll meet each other twice a year. It's going to be lit in Vegas. It's going to be lit in Buffalo, hopefully, when uh, when Vegas comes to town in years co- to come. And So it's good for that aspect, but 
I agree with your point. Misguided, right? There's a reason why he wasn't yep. in blue and gold, and it wasn't necessarily Jack's entire fault. No, it, it is a PR campaign from the top. They stripped him of his captaincy when he was sitting in his driveway in Boston. Like, you don't do that unless you're trying to be a dick and trying to to influence your your fan base. That's just absolutely just a scumbag move. And you're, you're right. Jack was not the perfect locker room guy. Should he have been awarded the captaincy at, at like 21 years old? No. But did they have veterans in the locker room at that point that could lead a team of young guys with a young superstar on it? Also, no. Vander Kane has been around, been around for a few years. Hell of a, hell of a leader that guy is, huh? Put, put, he, put, he takes putting money on the board to a new level, which I'm sure Jack had a whole bunch of money on the board last night. But I just... I, it frustrates me to see people falling for the Pagula's bullshit. It really, really frustrates me. Now, a whole other point to this. If you ask me, would you trade Jack Eichel for Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs a first, et cetera, again? I'd say yes. I loved Alex Tuck. I love Peyton Krebs. And I tell you what, Vegas is not exactly playing lights out hockey. If they miss the playoffs... And that draft pick becomes a mid first round as opposed to like 31. I like it even more because Alex Tuck is going to be the captain of the Buffalo Sabres. Peyton Krebs is going to be on a line with JJ Paterka and Jack Quinn for the next 10 years. I think we did okay in that. Now you'll say, or people will say you lose the trade because the best player is on the other team. Fine. Uh, But in terms of building the Buffalo Sabres, I like the trade. I don't. And I didn't before. I'm not going to sit here and you know disagree with that. I'm not one of those people that say the best players in the other city, so you lost the trade. They got a good package for Jack Eichel, and it only gets better from here, like you said. If if Vegas continues to falter, I think, and we've you know go back and play the earlier episodes of this podcast before that Eichel trade was done. We talked about Alex Tuck far and away being the heart and soul guy of this trade, and the future heart and soul guy of the Buffalo Sabres, a Western New York kid. He's coming home. He's got a lot of passion for this organization and this club. And he's playing like it, right? We see it. Since he's come back from his injury and since mm-hmm. he's been in the lineup for the Buffalo Sabres, he's been playing lights out. And he's the type of guy that's not – he's no Jack Eichel, right? Like, we're not going to sit here and blow up his head to the point where it's – he's right, a superstar, yeah. but – Alex, Alex Tuck is never going to have 100 points. No, but when you're rebuilding an organization like the Buffalo Sabres are right now, and they've gotten more than a few things wrong over the past four, five, six years, right? One of the things they got right is <laughs> – you need sure guys do. like Alex Tux in the building to rebuild an organization, mm-hmm. to reinvigorate that fan base, to reinvigorate that franchise. The kids that are coming up through the system that see a guy like that and have pride for playing for the Buffalo Sabres. He's playing, he's playing, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve every night for their organization and good for them. And like you said, Krebs is going to be great, you know, on line with Quinn and Paterka and that first round pick hopefully turns out to something, but they got a guy that, is bringing back some pride to the Buffalo Sabres organization, at least in that locker room, and they did in Alex Tuck. There's no, no ifs, ands, or buts yeah. about that. The 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 style and the off-ice personality that Alex Tuck brings resonates in Buffalo big time. They want guys that love Buffalo, and that's what the Pagulas have been harking on. They want guys that want to be there. I get that, right? I, I, I understand that. If anything, you could argue that Jack Eichel, because he did not want to be there, the fans did not want him to be there. Okay. If that's the if that's the source of your boo 
fine. I think you're wrong. I think you're misguided in that, but fine. I'll give you that. I just think it never had to, it never had to get to that. It never had to get to that. I agree. If anything, like <laughs> Sam Reinhart was one of the funnier media interviews, also a good guy, but he wasn't, he wasn't flashy enough and like, look at me, look at me to, I, I, I'm basically what I'm trying to say is here, like old dinosaur Buffalo media hated Sam Reinhardt because he was a dick in interviews because they're loose case in point and they don't have a leader. Yeah, exactly. So, and just the, what they write about him in the Buffalo news and then what they write about him in the, the Democrat and Chronicle, like it's just, I look back on the last five years of Sabres hockey with just really, really bad memories and, and bad vibes of how this team is run top down, right? Top down mismanagement at the highest level for a long time. Now, do I have optimism right now? Kind of, because I think the team is going to pull the owners, much like the Buffalo Bills pulled the owners out of like being dog shit. The team is going to pull the owners out of being dog shit. The arena needs hundreds of millions of dollars. They probably need a new arena. They're not going to touch Key Bank. I was going to say HSBC, shouts to a, a lost generation. They're not going to touch Key Bank until the, the Buffalo Bills stadium is done, which is another five years away. So, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with that, other than two things. Big win last night, and it, and it felt like a it, the most attended game all season, and it felt like a win for a fan base, a big win for a fan base that has not had a big win in a long. And time. deserves a big win. Two points. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was still called the Marine Midland Center, so you beat me there with the oh, HB- HSBC reference. And two, this is why you know. Everybody knows on Twitter, I love tooting my own horn. This is why I'm so great at what I do. Any therapist would have charged you for that session that you just gave me. I did it for free, Brad. So I'm glad. <laughs> Let it all out. We feel better now. I know. I had to. I'm glad. We do. We, we really I'm do. I'm very happy for the city of Buffalo, for the fan base. And I'm not trying to, you know, shit all over your point. I agree with everything you said. But it's a good thing for Buffalo. It's a good thing for the fan base. Like you said, they deserve a win. And wherever their anger was misguided in this whole Jack Eichel situation, to beat Eichel on his return, right? Like maybe future iterations oh, yeah, of this it, rivalry, it gets better and we all cheer for Jack one day and we're just happy to see him perform well. Right. But, Even if he ended things on, on rosy sunshine and rainbows terms, you love to beat the guy that, you so traded this was, this with, was so with big, your yep, new guy. Yes. This was such a big win for Buffalo. It was their Stanley Cup. It was their Stanley Cup game seven totally. this year and good for mm-hmm. them for winning it. And it happens whenever they play Toronto. They don't look like the Buffalo Sabres. And now it happens whenever they play Jack Eichel there you go. or Ryan O'Reilly, you name it. Um, one more thing in Buffalo, actually an interesting thing that has nothing to do with Jack, but TSN reporting that they're looking to buy, or not buy, I should say, they are looking to add a top four defenseman to pair with Owen Power coming into the league this year and, and you know, and beyond. A, a guy with term, which obviously lines up with the thing that I've heard for months now is is buy and sell at the deadline they are obviously going to sell pieces they have a lot of pieces to sell colin miller see ya cody eakin see ya who knows who's going to pick him up if he if i get a bag of parts for him great uh robert hag a lot of interest probably pittsburgh that's what i've heard 
maybe even Craig Anderson. Shoot, if he starts playing well and he's healthy, he can go help a you know be a one B or a, a solid backup for a playoff team and very cheap. But the interesting thing is going to be who are they going to buy? And I don't know right now. And I I thought it was going to be a forward to be honest with you. So when I heard top four D, I'm like, well, you know, it makes sense, especially if it's a right shot D to pair with Owen Power on the left side. I don't know who. I don't know if it's Chikrin. I don't know if it's you. You know, you name it. I don't Pro know. Well, that's that's up next. But I I I'm looking forward to that, and I I want to hammer home the point that it is not just a fire sale in Buffalo. They are looking to build for the future. Now, they may not make a deal at the deadline. It may be in the summer, and I think it was Pierre Lebrun who reported it, said as much, is they might not buy right now. I know they're going to, and it's going to be, whether it's here in the summer. He mentioned unrestricted free agency. I'd see a trade more than them spending a bunch of money on a guy. But, you know. Especially because we talk about guys that fit into their window and when they want to compete again. And it's much easier to acquire a younger guy who's going into, you know, maybe his last year of restricted free agency or going to be in a UFA with the assets that right. they have as opposed to a 27-year-old on the market. It just, you know, the timeline meshes up a lot better. That's why I look at guys exactly. like Provorov. I look at guys like Jacob Chikrin. You know, we're going to knock on Provorov. He's really, you know, underachieved this year. And who knows what Chuck Fletcher is looking for if he goes down that route. But if Power is going to play the left side and you want a right-shot defenseman to mm-hmm. play next to him, I think Provorov would be an interesting pairing, to say the least. Totally. Totally. Um, so it will be will be fun to see what happens in Buffalo. For the rest of the season, when Power comes in and plays after whenever Michigan gets bounced, he'll sign pretty much immediately with the Sabres, get a chance. Uh, excited to see who else they call up. Maybe Paterka gets some run. Maybe Jack Quinn gets healthy. Uh, he plays a little bit more. He's, he's back with the Amherst now. They got a guy, Matias Samuelson, who's played great left uh, left hand shot. Big dude, six four, plays really just stu- you know he's the old stay at home defenseman moniker. You need those. Um, you do, you do, and that's the end of the Buffalo Sabers podcast. NRD, I apologize. No, you're, listen, I look. We're a hockey podcast. Do the Buffalo Sabers play hockey sometimes? So we're going to talk about the Buffalo oh. Sabers, and I'm fine with that. Well, before we talk about anybody else, let's talk about our pals over at Ritual because we deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. And Ritual's got clean, vegan-friendly multivitamins that are formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. NRDI got these in the mail, and I take them every single day. You might call it a ritual, if you will. You pop open the package, they smell great, first of all. It's like a little, woo, like refresh smell. And that's not even the best thing for you because they give you um, additional support in your diet where you might be lacking. But a multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms your body can actually use to help fill gaps in your diet with no shady extras. And their ritual or their delayed release capsule design delivers high quality nutrients including vitamin D3 in just two daily pills. You'll also know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visual supply chain. It's pretty cool. You'd be like, oh, I'm doing vitamin D3 from Norway or something like that. And it shows it right on the screen. Uh, it, it's also, I don't know how they do this, but sometimes vitamins, if you take them on an empty stomach, can make you feel a little nauseous or a little whatever. 
the vitamins seek out the less sensitive areas of your stomach so you don't get any weird vitamin burps. You don't get any weird vitamin nausea. It's just you take them and you forget about them. And you're just getting more nutrients that your body needs. I've Amen. been taking them for months now, and I literally feel better. You look great. I'll tell Thank you. you. Thank you. Look you look svelte. You look good. I'm trying. I'm trying. I know I can see you. You can't see me. But Right. NRD is just its a floating logo that's bouncing around like the DVD player. I'm waiting for it to hit the corner. Um, but your, your, uh, your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual, within your first month, they'll refund that order. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering listeners the Cold Stove Podcast 10% off. During your first three months, visit ritual.com slash stove to start your ritual today. You mentioned Provorov. Let's just go down the Philadelphia blue line, shall we? You had some fun with Rasmus Ristolainen this week, NRD. A lot of fun. A lot of fun with him and maybe Elliot Friedman, too. Weekend at Rasmus's, we'll call it that. He is a flyer for this foreseeable future. How did this happen? So it's very simple and clear what happened. I mean, we could go back and forth on the dollar amount, right? I'm going to sit here and Bottom say, line, like, it's between the numbers that everybody said. It's or the range it's right that Elliot gave it's, and the number that you said. It's right in the middle, right? Like, like I said, and I said this on Tuesday, not always easy to punch uphill, right? It's always sure. tougher to bat above your weight class. But, you know, what I heard, I still trust. And, you know, if, if you all knew who I got it from, you'd trust it too. So I'll leave it at that and I'll say that much. And then Elliot says here's an $800,000 range that it fits into. Not going to pick any pick and choose my battles there, but take that for what it's worth. It ends up pretty much right in the middle of those two numbers. The range that Elliot gives, the concrete number that I gave, it's 5.1, it's 22.5 over the next five years, however you want to look at it. And that's just where we stand, right? And you also have to understand this too. A lot of talk in the beginning of this extension negotiation between the Risto camp and the Flyers camp was a six-year deal. What I had heard was six, six by 34, six by 35. It's five by 25. You add another 5.1. Now you're at 30 point. What are we at now? Do the math for me. Come on. We're at 30.1. Exactly. So we're right in that range now. So you knock off the year. Obviously, you taper down that AAV. Becomes less of a contract. But it's been in the works for a while. Ristolainen obviously has been very vocal about wanting to play playoff hockey outside of Philadelphia. But Philadelphia Flyers really want to keep him, and they feel like they can give him that playoff hockey in short order, whether it's you know next season, if not the following, the latest. You need good defensemen. I'm not saying he's a great defenseman. I'm not saying I don't read the charts, because I know many people kind of came after me with that pretentiousness. And no, I, I, I agree with the analytics on Risto. He's not great. He's average to mediocre at best, but he's six over six foot two and he's a right-handed shot. And I'm not one of the 32 GMs in the league, no secret there, but the 32 GMs in the league value that type of guy and that type of presence. So they're going to pay for it. Chuck Fletcher paid enough for it. I'd say it's fair market value considering, and he's a flyer for the next five years. Well, now this means that the flyers have multiple other defensemen, that are in a different spot than Rasmus Ristolainen, who's currently locked up. Those include, you mentioned Mr. Provorov, Travis Sanheim, and Justin Braun. Don't forget about Where Ryan did... Ellis. He's not dead yet, and he's going to be there for a while. They're not moving him. But they have defensemen there. 
No, I that's uh, that, well. I more mean is who is the odd man out now in the group? Who's who is gone? So right after the wrist alignment extension, our pal Dar- Darren Dreger put out a tweet about how this kind of affects Travis Sanheim potentially Philly looking to move Sanheim on his last year of his contract. Two I don't, years. Two years. Two years left on his contract. I don't know if I necessarily agree with Sanheim being affected as much as Provarov, only because you look at the position, you know, Sanheim plays the left side. He's got two years left on his deal. I believe it's like 4.625 or something in that range. And he's been their best defenseman this year. I don't really see the the rush to move him now. If you're going to move a guy, it's because you have an internal decision on Provorov that he is not what you thought he once was, and you're trying to get a team to buy on the potential of Provorov hitting that at one point. Because mm-hmm. if you're Chuck Fletcher and Danny Breer and you know the, the staff that they have in that front office, and you say, well, watching this kid, Ivan Provorov, he's never going to be a top two defenseman. And you know that, but you don't know if the other teams out there know that yet. You try to sell high on a guy like Provorov. You try to get that top line forward. You try to get that package for an Ivan Provorov. That's where I think they go. I'm not even sure they do it at the deadline. Because Ryan Ellis, as I just mentioned, he's not dead. He is hurt. He will be back next season. And the whole point was they made that big trade with the Nashville Predators to bring Ryan Ellis into play alongside Provorov and see what they could do together. You never really got a chance to see that. So they can either say Provorov isn't what we thought he was and he's gone, or we're going to give him another shot playing with who we believe is an elite defenseman in Ryan Ellis. And we'll take it from there. That's where I think we stand on the Flyers defenseman. Braun is Justin Braun. He's a deadline day rental. I wonder if it, if you look at the teams that are interested in acquiring Claude Giroux, St. Louis Blues and New York Rangers, have also been sniffing around the defensive market. I wonder if one of them makes a play for both Giroux and Braun. There you have it. Also, for I, I didn't mean to leave out our friend Keith Yandel, who... I hope does get another shot before he hangs him up. You sonked Keith. There you go. Sonk. Uh, let's stay. Uh, let's, I don't stay with the Flyers. Let's go to a former Flyer and Ron Hextall, who basically has said in the past couple of days, I don't need to do anything. NRD, do you agree that he doesn't need to do anything? I don't. I don't disagree. Is that a, is that a good answer? No, I don't. I'm but not I'll, gonna... I'll accept it. I'm not going to come out here and say I agree with him, right? Because you can always be doing something. If you're not doing anything, you're not doing your job as a general manager. Correct. But if the Penguins sit on their hands, they'll be all right. They're going to finish second or third in the Metropolitan Division. Outside of something unforeseen from the Washington Capitals, making a move here to set themselves up for a deeper playoff run, I think Washington's your wild card. I think Pittsburgh and the New York Rangers have two and three kind of locked up, interchangeably, but locked up. Could he sit there and do nothing? Yes. Could he bring in goaltending help? Possibly. I wonder if they just bring in a third goaltender in case DeSmith or Jari get hurt down the line. Because both of them, Jari's obviously been taking the lion's shares of the starts, but none of them have stood out to me as elite performers. Jari was on that hot run when Pittsburgh was winning like eight or nine straight or whatever. But has it been world beating this year? I wonder if they hedge a little bit on that tandem and bring in a vet. Not going to be Marc-Andre Fleury most likely. But you never know. It's the only thing I could see Pittsburgh really doing. Maybe some depth. But other than that, nothing big. Unless Hextall's pulling the blinds over everybody's eyes. If a guy like Jake Gensel played in Toronto, is he talked about way more than he is currently? Ridiculously more. 
is he not one of the best players in the East? I love. I I was gonna say on the on the Penguins, and I probably agree with that. Is he not the best player on the Penguins right now? The best player on the Penguins. He's the best. I mean, obviously, top, Gino Crosby, the, right? But right now, based on performance, he's right top now six he's in the Metropolitan Division in terms of yeah. forwards. What they have there. Yeah, I he's a. I, I love watching Jake Gensel play. Always seems to be at the right place at the right time, scoring big goals or or just playing. You know, smart, good, fast hockey. So I hope Jake Gensel, he made $6 million. I think he's worth a hell of a lot more than that. I hope he gets paid in his next contract. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they do in Pittsburgh. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't love their team constructed as it is. I feel like they're going to get beat by a team with more speed than them. But Tristan Jari can get hot. But before and, we leave Pittsburgh, I mean, it just and we could discuss this. What can they really do? They're not as deep as some other buyers on the market in terms of assets that they have to move chris letang is a free agent at the end of this year you're gonna to have to pay him upwards of seven and a half eight million if not more still they have aging guys elite guys but aging guys in crosby yeah. and malkin like i don't really know how much flexibility that ron hextel really has so to his point that i don't have to do anything i think it's more because i don't know how much you could do <laughs> yeah there's not a lot you can do it's not you can't i mean you don't have a third round pick this year or next year you have a first, I, I guess, but like, what's in your pool coming up? You don't have much, and that's important if you don't make a deep run. Right. So it's, yeah, it's almost, take Hedstall's comment, and, and you almost mean like, hey, how much can you do? So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Unfortunate news out of the Dallas Stars organization, not about Joe Pavelski, but with Miro Heiskanen, he's out with mono NRD, the old kissing disease which keeps you out for, you know, standard practices about a month. The Dallas Stars, the Dallas, yeah, the Dallas Stars don't have a month to six weeks to uh, figure out their season. And they were humming along with Merrill Heiskin in the lineup. What does this mean for Dallas? It means John Klingberg's obviously not going anywhere unless there's a hockey deal that falls into their lap that they bring in. I know one of the, Hockey subreddit, HF boards, basement dwellers, trade of the year has always been a Ben Sherratt Klingberg swap. I, you know, <laughs> unless that happens, which is more of a hockey trade, I can't see, you know, Dallas moving Klingberg at this point. They need as many defensemen as they can get. So he's off the market for all intents and purposes. Do they buy another defenseman? They have some flexibility to make moves by way of the picks that they have. They just brought Pavelski back. You know, you're paying him five and a half for the next, you know, year plus bonuses mm-hmm. do they buy on a defenseman do they buy a ben Sherratt? do they buy a justin braun do they buy they might a need, they might, guy uh, they might need to colin miller maybe potentially i'd love that see you colin miller go go hang out in dallas i don't know i i feel for miro because he's he's having an uh, you know an under the radar season but he's still a he's still a monster so is jason robertson i'll take him on my team any day of the week how about that He's playing his his ass off in, in his, I guess, second year, call it. A lot of talk about him not being, not given the media attention that he deserves. I agree with it. He's been on fire. Well, I think that kind of comes down to, like, all of this comes back to six or seven teams get 60 to 70% of the media attention. And you got to sprinkle in Minnesota and St. Louis and Seattle and Dallas and Florida where you can. 
But Robertson's elite in the way oh, he's absolutely. playing right now. American born. Yeah. Twenty twenty six. I wonder if there's not a Robertson uh reunion in Dallas. Maybe Braden Holtby to the Leafs? No? Hmm. Who says no? I besides their salary cap, I guess, but you gotta figure out Muzzin. I don't hate it. We know now it's confirmed, and this is a good good segue. We know it's Thank now you. confirmed that the Leafs have spoken to the Chicago Blackhawks about Marc-Andre Fleury. We don't believe at this point, according to Pierre LeBron, that Fleury has Toronto on his list of a yes, but mm-hmm. that phone call was made. And this and Holpe is one of those guys that aligns up with what I've been saying for the past couple of weeks on this show, that he's not he's not what he used to be, but he's a veteran. You kind of know what you're getting with Holpe every mm-hmm. night. You don't need to bring in like a Georgiev who's a 1B and he's dog shit right now, right? And try to rehabilitate him while Campbell's out and Mrazic's in the net. You need a guy that's going to bring a stable veteran presence. If that's a 2.5 goals against average, then you do it. And I think Holpe's in that vein. Semyon Varlamov is in that vein to a degree. Marc-Andre Fleury is obviously the top of that food chain right now on the market. I think those are the guys you go after. Screw the screw the twenty six year olds that you know have that one a one b potential. Yeah, the twenty six year old guys, you know, you know, they feel like they they have big games. They they can put up one point five for three or four games, but with a guy like Braden Holpe in the playoffs, especially, do you take maybe a guy that's a two point three two point four versus an inconsistent one point five three point six one point nine four point zero, but but you take the the consistent two and a half. I think that's what you do if you're Toronto. Without a doubt. Especially when you're talking about a team that could score, right? Like 2.5 is fine. If you're yeah. letting up two to three goals a game every night in Toronto, you'll win 4-2. You'll win 4-3. Not right. a big deal. Especially and, with Austin Matthews out there. who's going to win the... Who pr- might actually win the heart at this point. I don't know what uh, last mm-hmm. night did for Shesterkin's heart chances. Getting booted very early on in that game against St. Louis. But they can score enough to offset the fact that they have a goalie in the net giving up two or three goals a game, as long as it's consistent. Yeah, I think if you're looking at a team who's going to win 4-3 all playoffs instead of the 3-2 that we normally see, I would I would say Edmonton, but they have to win like 7-5 at this point. Or Toronto. I don't bet against the Maple Leafs in the playoffs with that offense as long as they have consistent goaltending. I agree with you. Before we wrap up here, NRD, anything on one, the, or excuse me, Les Habitants, or Chicago Blackhearts guys not named Mark Andre Fleury? No. The Habs have nine, nine, nine guys that have been rumored. Arturo Lekkinen is going to get a first round pick. And now Joel Armia is, is part of this discussion. Probably not going to get a Along first with round Petrie, pick. along with Sherratt along with Arturi Lekkinen, who, by the way, there was a great piece in The Athletic. I think it was uh, I think it was Shana who wrote it. Unbelievable, like, third-line playoff scorer slash defensively responsible that somebody's going to give up a first-round pick and and win the Stanley Cup. Talk about Lekkinen? Yes. He's going to be the be- best move at the deadline. I I agree. I You know what? Mark this down in the cold stove universe, NRD. Put a, hang it up in the Batcave. Whoever trades for Arturi Lekkinen wins the Stanley Cup. As long as, like, the New York Islanders don't trade for him. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> as long newest, as the team that's in the Newest Buffalo Saber, Arturi Lekkinen, yes. Yeah. 
as long as the team that's in the playoff hunt trades for him. I don't disagree. He's going to go for a first-round pick. I read that article. It was a great article from Shana Goldman, who does great stuff at The Athletic. And I think that he provides great depth to your roster. You look at some of these teams like the St. Louis Blues, the New York Rangers, the Boston Bruins, who are top-heavy in names, right? Like Jordan mm-hmm. Cairo, Robert Thomas, killing it in St. Louis, Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, did you see uh, Robbie Fabry tore his ACL in uh, in Detroit? And I was I thought Robbie Fabry was on St. Louis still, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna eat my words there. Yeah, that was a, that was a very quick. Sorry for interrupting you, NRD. That was a it was like something in the that, middle of the road. That was, you pulled the yes. wheel. And we're back on track now. <laughs> All right, we're good here. No, I think that you look at some of those teams. I just mentioned St. Louis, the New York Rangers, who have you know Panarin and Stroman, Zibanejad and Kreider, but they lack. In that bottom six up front. Mm-hmm. Arturi Lekin, and you put him in your bottom six, he takes one of those teams and elevates them tremendously. And one of the big talk, I mean, everybody's been asking me and everybody's been asking the show about what we have in the New York Rangers. Chris Jury's got a lot going on, probably including Arturi Lekin. And that's my yep. answer. We don't really know what he's doing yet. It's too hard to pinpoint down. If I hear something from some other team, because the Rangers are a fortress, I'll tell you. But a lot of the speculation is that Chris Jury wants to rebuild and draw Gallant wants to rebuild that third and fourth line. It hasn't really been getting the job done. Sammy Blake tore his ACL, one of those guys that was projected to be on that set third, fourth line. Yeah. Barkley Goodrow has to step into a bigger role now. He has to play the second line a lot more frequently. They need to rebuild that bottom pair, or at least the third line. If you're the Rangers and you add in a guy like Ricard Raquel and Arturi Lekkonen, watch out. Yeah. To, to me, Arturi Lekkonen is a better Sammy Blay yeah. in pretty much every facet of his game. And no offense to Sammy Blay, love the player, but don't get me wrong. You know, like a Claude Giroux is great, or a Jacob Chikrin is great, but if you're a team like the Rangers, and I'll pose this to the Rangers fans that listen to the show, is it Claude Giroux? Do you think that that's what wins you Stanley Cup, or if you use those assets to go after an Artari Lekin and Anna Ricard Raquel, do you like your chances with the cup at the cup with those two guys instead? I'll be honest with you, I think that reformed third line with less pressure on Phil Peedle to score goals and just kind of play the wing and not have to step up and yeah. overperform with two Everybody guys. has a role at that point. Yeah, I think that I like that roster better than... Because what are you going to do? You're not going to split up Panarin and Strom. Drew plays the pivot for the most part. Zabanajad plays the pivot. Kreider's there. Like It almost... Giroud deal for the Rangers for me. Like, don't get me wrong. He's a hell of a player, and I think they'd be in a good spot, and any team would be in a good spot to acquire Claude Giroux. Mm-hmm. But he reminds me a lot more of when the Rangers acquired Eric Stahl than when the Rangers acquired Martin St. Louis, right? Like, when the Rangers brought in St. Louis, he had a role. He came in. He got that locker room going. They they marched right to the Stanley Cup. They brought in Eric Stahl a year later. Eric Stahl had, like, two goals and 32 games for the Rangers. He did nothing. And it was just a center for the sake of bringing in a center. And I wonder if the Rangers get more selective, and that's what Chris Drury's really good at, and that's why it's been hard to pinpoint what they're doing. I wonder if he gets a little bit more selective about what he does, and I'll leave it at that. And we will leave it at that, RNRD. Anything else before we uh, before we bounce? I can't talk today. I'm, I apologize. This is a rough day, man. It's all right. We all have <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I, I think it's maybe it's the two uh, two Celsiuses I've had, 400 certainly milligrams the, of caffeine. Certainly isn't the two episodes a week, because we're going to be back at that next week. I cannot wait to be back. I think next week, TSN said it's too quiet. You know what that means. Next week is going to be anything but NRD. Uh, You're not leaving Twitter, are you? Never. Love it. Never.
at NHL Rumors Daily for NRD on Twitter. I am at Schmerriman, Brett Merriman on Twitter. Uh, we are at Cold Stove Pod on Twitter. Shoot us what we need to talk about. We'll try to get to more, uh, call it more audience-related topics next week instead of the rumors and stuff. Because we have two episodes to play with. Why not? Why there not? And then look for something uh, Monday trade deadline. I think that's all we'll say right now. Throw that out there. I agree. I'll throw it out there. We might be live is what I'm saying. Can't wait. Go for it. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll see you guys. Uh, see you guys next week. Awesome. Bye.